welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. Well, we've had enough heavenly food. We could even go home now and be satisfied. Amen. You can be seated. You know, uh, they say that I've got tremendous insight. And I just think that this blonde lady up here that plays the piano has really great parents. I just feel it. She's my daughter. Amen. Well, I've been part of this church now for, oh, since about February. Absolutely loving it. God is in the house. You don't even have to think about that. You just know God is in the house. And every meeting you just walk out just being satisfied with what God is doing. And he truly is doing something great. You know, it was David that said, once I was young, now I am old. You know how I can tell I'm old? Because when I was about 13, I was talking about somebody and I said, they're old, they're 30 years old. Well, I'm over double that now and growing. But when he said this, once I was young, now I am old. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken or begging bread. When you get older, you can look back over your life and you can see patterns. You can see things that you can't see when you're younger. And it's only as you get older and you look back, you can understand some things. And tonight I just feel to share on this subject because I believe it is important for all these young people here to prepare you for the rest of your life. Because I know some stuff now that I didn't know when I was your age. And I'm glad I didn't know it all back then. But I just thank my God that He is a faithful God. And even though I've been to hell and back so many times, I've lost count. I'm here today because of the faithfulness of God and because I've learned some stuff. And tonight I want to share from my heart the journey that you will go through for the rest of your life from when you are young. And I would say if you are young and there's plenty of them here today, I want you to listen to this with all your heart, soul and mind because this message will hold you right through the rest of your life. I, um, I'll give you the verse that I'm going to read here, the text in Mark 1.3, and it says, and this is John the Baptist. He's saying this, and John the Baptist, he'd been out in the wilderness for a long time, but he was ready. He was ready when he came out of the wilderness to do some stuff. And uh, this, this verse says, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. You know, each one of us have promises from God. Do you know that God has a calling on everyone that is in this room? 
He has a purpose for you and He has promises for you. God wants to bless you. Do you believe that? I, I, hey, the, the older I get, the more I realize that God wants to bless His people. And that the Bible says that He is more willing to give than we are to receive. But we serve a great God. We serve a Father that wants to bless His children. But we need to be ready for the blessing. We need to be ready for the blessing. And one of these points is we never want the blessing until we're ready for it. The worst thing God could do to His people is give you blessing if you're not ready for it. Everybody that believes that says? You imagine God letting you win the lottery next week. And if you're not ready for it, guess what's going to happen? So during, uh, you know, in my life, there are th some things that have impacted my life the most in the love of God. And I could preach in any one of these, but one is prayer, the value of prayer. Another one is the Word of God. Another one is my parents, the input. Hey, for any preacher's kids that are in here, God bless you. When I was 13, I thought I had the worst life on this planet because I was a preacher's kid. But now I look back and it was a blessed life. The other thing is church. I want to say this to all the young people here this evening, that always keep going to church. It doesn't matter how hard the road gets and how tough your life gets, never stop going to church. My father told me these words when I was young. He said, Steve, love the church. Love the church. Love the church. And I tell you what, we don't realise it when we're young, but when we love the church, we're loving the body of Christ. And I tell you what, you'll never lack. And, and if you go through difficult times and you feel like God's a million miles away and you feel like you're the worst person on the planet, don't stop coming to church because of that. That's when you need to be at church. But the other thing that's been a tremendous blessing in my life, and hang on, this is what I'm talking about tonight, and that is trouble. When I look back on my life, the greatest blessings of my life, other than these things, has been trouble. And when I look back and all the things and the troubles that I've been through and the woes, I wouldn't trade one of them for anything. Because what God can do in our lives through trouble is absolutely amazing. The Bible actually says this, worldly sorrows brings death, but godly sorrows brings repentance, life. And uh, God can take trouble and absolutely change our life. So you're ready for this? 
I remember when I first, uh, uh, one of the first times I ever felt God speak to me was on the farm back in Tamworth. I'm a farmer boy from way back. And uh, my father had a chicken farm. And, and anyway, uh, uh, one day I just, and I didn't understand this at the time. And I just felt God say to me, Steve, if you go my way instead of your way, I will do more in one night than you will try to do in 10 years and not do. And I've found out that that road is a tough road many times. One of the best messages that I've that had impacted my life when I was young was by a preacher called Ralph Mahoney. And he did a message to these Bible college students called The Making of a Leader. And you know how we think a lot of times that if we want God's blessing on our life, this is how it's going to happen. You know, we're going to get saved and we're going to do a bit of praying and we're going to do a bit of Bible reading And then one day the Holy Spirit, we're going to be in church or somewhere and the Holy Spirit is just going to come upon us and all heaven's going to open up and bingo, we are going to be blessed. Well, he then went on to share. He said, well, sorry to say this to you, but that's not how it happens. Then he shared with his life how for 14 years everything went backwards. Everything was in reverse gear till he got to a point where he fell on it. One night, he fell on his face, cried, and he said to his wife, I'm going to give up the ministry. I've, I've missed it somewhere. I've failed. And of course, a good loving wife, as our pastor's wives do, get off the ground and stop your moaning. Is that past the end like that? Yeah. She makes sure to give you a little kick as well, which, yeah. <laughs> then, but something changed from that time. The end of self is the beginning of God. If we want the glory of God, the glory of God will be the, as big as the tomb of self. And like my father used to say to me, you can't cast the flesh out, it has to be crucified. Oh, I wished I could come down to the front of an altar and somebody lay their hands on me and go, Yea, you shall not get angry anymore. Who would like that? Doesn't happen like that. What happens is, you know, we had some trees on the farm, willow trees on the chicken farm. And uh, the winds always used to come from this direction. And these willow trees got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then all of a sudden, a wind, an unusual wind came from the other direction that it normally didn't come. Guess what happened to all the trees? The whole lot of them fell over because they weren't used of of the uh, winds of adversity. And the first wind that came from another direction, they all fell over. And uh, so, okay, why do we need to go through the dealings of God? There's many words that the Bible uses. Who's heard of the wilderness? Going through the wilderness or going through the fire or going through tribulation. There's many words to describe 
the testings of God and the dealings of God in our lives. You know here, this is very interesting, that the kings, there was King Saul, then King David, then King Solomon. The only one that stayed faithful to the end was King David. King Saul blew it, King Solomon blew it. What's the difference between the three of them? This is important in our life because I want you to get in. What I'm trying to get to here tonight is when trouble comes, I don't want you to run from it. I want you to embrace it. And you look at the difference between men of God that made it in the Bible and the men of God that didn't make it in the Bible to the end. The difference was preparation. You look at King Saul. King Saul was walking along one day and he's looking for his father's donkeys. Uh, Samuel the prophet comes along. Yay, King Saul, you're the next king. Being he was the king like that. Solomon was the same. Solomon, he just was young. Hey, you're the next king. Bang. But King David, what happened to him? He went through hell before he got king. And he was anointed king. And hey, this is hey the first point. I, I, I got... You with me? My mother just texted me. Hello, mum. (laughs) Most probably trying to say happy birthday or something. Um, Hey, here's here's a few scriptures on the dealings of God. Romans 5, 3 and 4. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations or glory in trouble. Everybody say glory. 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 In tribulation, knowing that tribulation or trouble produces perseverance. And perseverance, character. And character, hope. Do you know one thing I've noticed about people that live a life of hopelessness is they don't have character. They don't have character. If we don't have character, we will live a whole life without hope because our character won't hold us. But when we've got character given by God, we live a life of hope. And this is how we get it, is through what? Tribulation, trouble, welcome it, welcome it. This should be the worst sermon you've ever heard here tonight. Are you being encouraged? <laughs> Hebrews 12, 11, Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but what? Painful. I thought Christianity was supposed to be all about the joy of the Lord. Let's read that again. No chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but what? Painful. Everybody say painful. With a frown on your face. Painful. Because see, it says it's not joyful. Hey, Christianity is not all joyful. It's not all joyful. See, see, this is what I'm trying to get through to you. If we have a mindset that when we become a Christian, our life is going to be all joyful, you have got the wrong idea and you are going to get disillusioned in your Christianity somewhere along the line and you will say, I thought God was a God like this. He's disappointed me and I'm going. But we need to understand that as a Christian, we're going to go. Sometimes as Christians, we will go through harder things than the people in the world. 
You look at the dealings of these people, the men of God and that in the, in the Bible, the things they went through. One fellow said to me when I was young, God can be mean. He can be horrible. And I went, no, that's not right. I'll tell you, God can be mean. God can be horrible. When you're going through it and all hell's broken around you, you look up to heaven and you go, God, I thought you were on my side. Where are you? And he says to us, I am doing something greater than the answer to your prayer right now. See, the trial of your faith is much more precious than silver or gold. And if it was up to us, we would just take the silver and gold, please, Lord. You're getting this? No chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful, nevertheless. Afterwards, everybody say afterwards. It yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who are trained by it. Who goes to the gym here? Yeah. Who needs to go to the gym here? Okay, this is how it works in the gym. You know how you build your muscles up and you build your strength up? It's through resistance. When you're trying to push something up that's heavy, it's resisting you and you, oh, this is hard, but it's doing you good. That's Christianity. That's the trial. That's the wilderness where God puts you in a situation where everything seems like it's resisting you and fighting against you. And you're going, oh, life is hard. I thought Christianity was different. But at the end of it, what does it say? Afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Most people, hey, here's a little bit of a joke or a story. Uh, one person was walking along the street one day and they saw Satan, the devil, crying in the gutter. So they walked up to him and he says, why are you crying? And he says, all these Christians are blaming me for stuff that I never did. See, God sends things our way. God sends trouble our way. And we're up there blaming the devil. And God's up there, you nincompoop, I've sent this situation. This circumstances is for you. I'm trying to bless you. I'm trying to prepare you for what's coming. And oh, what is coming is exciting. What is coming in revival is exciting. Oh, and I tell you what, we're right on the doorstep of it. You can feel it's like the wind before the rain. And I'm walking around like this. I can smell a revival. Pastor Byron, I know you can because you're. So that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about trouble. But if you want to be ready for the revival, you need to go through some trouble. Because if revival comes and you haven't, it'll take you out. We need to be prepared. Are you prepared? I had three people in one year come up to me and said, are you ready? And at the time I said, yeah. Look, my halo was so bright, you would have had to have your sunglasses on. I thought. 
But then after a few years of God working, I thought I'm no, nowhere near ready. You know, we think we're perfect Christians, but it's like when you drive your car and you think your windscreen's nice and clean. That was me four years ago. I thought, my, my windscreen's clean. Then you turn around in the sun. You go, how dirty is that? You know, God just turns up the light and we go, oh, there's some stuff I need to repent of. That's him preparing us, getting repentance is the doorway to life. The best thing, if you haven't repented for a while, you need to repent that you haven't repented. First Peter 4, 12 to 13, look, uh, yeah. Uh, beloved, do not think... You listen to this, beloved, do not think it strange, strange, strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened to you. But what? Rejoice to the extent that you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Okay, what is, what is the dealings of God like? Well, the first thing I find in the process of God's dealing, God gives you a taste of what blessing is coming your way. It's like the children of Israel when, this is important, young people, who's ever been in a meeting where you just felt the glory of God? You felt touched of God? Or, or who's had a prophecy over them? Who's had a prophecy? You know, when, so, when I was young, when somebody prophesied over me, I got really excited. Now, somebody prophesy, I go, hang on, Steve. It's gonna get tested. It's gonna get tested. Woo! Don't anybody prophesy over me tonight. <laughs> I've had enough. I gone out to the beach with Pastor Byron. As he heard this morning, when he has enough, he goes out to the beach. I'm coming with you. <laughs> so what is it like before the dealings? God gives us a taste first of what's coming good. And, and that's the interesting thing. He gives you a taste of what's coming good. So when something really good happens to you in God, hang on to it because you're gonna need it. I don't want to scare you, but you're going to need it one way or another. And so um, you look at the children of Israel. God said, you go in and spy out the land and bring back some goods. So they come back with these big grapes and these big things, you know. Wow! You know, uh, Joseph, what happened to Joseph? He has a dream. His father gives him a nice coat and he's had a dream that, all his brothers and his father's going to bow down to him and he's, hallelujah, I'm the man of God. I should be running highway church. I'm so good. Hang on, Joseph. All you've had is a taste of what's coming. There's a big distance between now and then that you are going to find out about. Oh, the making of a leader by Ralph Mahoney, he brings all this out about Joseph and he says, hey, he says, what happens is when you're going through this, he says, you read the story of Joseph and cried. Who's ever read the story of Joseph and cried? Well, I cry every time I read the story of Joseph. 
So what happens is he gets a taste of what's coming uh, in his life. And the same with King David. King David, they anoint him as king. Hey, King David, forget your brothers. They all missed out. They're all standing there looking like goofballs. You come along. This is the guy, David. Anoint him with oil. He's the next king. Not knowing what's going to happen. Next minute, they're singing songs about him. Saul has slayed his thousands. David has slayed his ten thousands. Oh, David, you're awesome. You're awesome, David. David, hang on. 14 years later, as a, out in the wilderness, running, hiding. Joseph in the jail. Every time Joseph got a, a coat, he got in trouble. He, then he, Pharaoh gives him a coat and then his wife starts to like him, rips the coat. Next minute he's in jail. And sometimes patterns like that happen. But God did have a coat for him. It was the one that Pharaoh wanted to give him and he became second in the land. If we go through the dealings of God, if we go through the dealings of God, if we go through the dealings of God, there is a bright future. People, people come to me and they go, oh, I'm going through. Christians that love the Lord and they're going, oh, things are terrible. Oh, and I go, Hallelujah. Because I know, I know, I know if they hang in there, if they keep going, I know what's down the other end. Like Job, it says in James, uh, consider the end of Job intended by the Lord. You know, and if we allow God to lead us through the valley of the shadow of death, there will be some green pastures. And uh, I'll just flick through. So the first thing God does is he gives you a dream. He gives you a promise. He gives you something that he wants to bring you in. Then the next thing is it completely goes opposite to that. See, the children of Israel. Anybody ever have that? You like this, don't you? <laughs> it goes completely opposite. Ch children of Israel. You're going to be in a land of flowing with milk and honey. You know what happened the next thing? They were in a land flowing with sand. The complete opposite. How do you know if you're in the dealings of God? It's very simple. When you're in the dealings of God, yeah, what was I going to say? <laughs> That's what happens when you get old. See, when I was young, I thought I wasn't good enough to preach because I didn't know enough of the Bible. Now I know enough of the Bible, but I can't remember it. <laughs> you can't win, but you just keep going, do the best you can. The, uh, so I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to, next page. <laughs> you know when, you know when you're going through the dealings of God, this is really what it's like. You need a miracle every day to keep going. See, with the children of Israel going through the wilderness, if God didn't turn up with the fire by night, they would have froze. If he didn't turn up by the cloud by day, they would have fried. If he didn't turn up from manna from heaven every day, they would have starved to death. They actually had to have a miracle from God every day for them to keep alive. 
That's the dealings of God. When you're in a situation and nothing seems to be going wrong and you're going from day to day and you think, how am I going to get through today? I don't know. But God will be there. God will be there. I'm just going to go skip a few of these things. Number, there's a, a few things, you, you know, you go there, how, when you're going through the dealings along, along, uh, for a long time, you go, how long, God, have I got to go through this? You will go into trials and tribulations where you will go, how long? God, how long do I have to put up with this? One preacher said, why did the children of Israel go through the desert for 40 years? He said, pretty simple. He says, because God couldn't do what he needed to do in 39 years. God knows when he can bring you out. He knows when you're ready. And I tell you, it's longer than what you think. And there are many times I thought I'm at the bottom. I thought I was at the bottom. I thought I was at the bottom. And God says, I haven't even started yet. Then I went down and down and then I was looking up to the bottom. And you go, God, how long is this pain got to go through for? How long? That's when you know you're going through the wilderness. Don't have a victim mentality. Oh, poor me, poor me. Don't have pity parties. Don't ring up your friends and whinge to them all day. Just leave it alone. See, where did the children of Israel blow it in the wilderness as they complained and whinged? You know, when God's got trouble happening in your life and He's taken you through the wilderness, He's blessing you and the best thing in your life is happening right now. And you, what actually happens is if you whinge to God, you know, that's like slapping Him in the face. That's like saying, God, you don't know what you're doing. Oh, He doesn't like that. What we need to do is when we're going through trouble, we want to say, thank you, God. All things work together for good. You know, there's one scripture that I live by, and that is the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. One person put it this way. Everything goes over God's desk. Everything. If I've got trouble coming in my life, and I'm in trouble, that had to go over God's desk. That could not have touched me unless God allowed it. Everything goes over God's desk. He, he orders our footsteps. Also this, it's only for a season. It's not forever. Trials and tribulations, they're not forever. Then, and I'm jumping through here, you like this. How do you know when you're ready? I'll go up to this point. How do you know when you're ready? is when, like Jesus, he was tempted in the wilderness. He hadn't eaten for 40 days. He had nothing. He'd worked for 30 years, had nothing to show for it. He's in the wilderness. All he's got is nothing. He's standing there, nothing. The only voice that is heard there is the devil's. And when we get to a place where we seem to have nothing, and the devil's whispering at us, and yet we can respond back and say, the word of the Lord says this. We know we're ready. We know we're ready. You take forward that Jesus on the cross. 
You know, it, it's the craziest thing. When you go through this, there's times when you've got no faith left. That may sound funny. But there were times when I literally felt I've got no faith. But one thing I did have left, and that was a trust. When I didn't have the faith, I just said, God, I've got no faith left, but I trust that you know what's going on. Jesus did this on the cross. On the cross, you, this is crazy. Jesus on the cross, there he is. And when you're going through the wilderness, you will say these words. Jesus on the cross, he says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Let's all say those words. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? God will never forsake us, by the way. But he did the craziest thing ever under that, after that. You know what he did? He said, he's just finished saying, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And then he said, I commit myself into your hands. There's the trust. And when we go through it, when we're going through hell, when we're going through difficult times, we, we, we need to look up to God and say, God, I commit my life into your hands. The interesting thing is, at that moment when Jesus died, he went into a realm, an unlimited realm, where nothing could touch him. When the death process, when the dealings of God are finished, we come into a realm where nothing can touch us. And it's wonderful and glorious. Let us pray. Hallelujah. Wonderful Father. Wonderful Father. Wonderful Father. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've been in a journey for the last four years where God's been preparing me for something. And every night for four years, I get woken up to pray. Every night. And I tell you what, there's nothing like presence of God in the midst of trial and all I can say a lot of the nights is thank you Father thank you Jesus thank you Holy Spirit when we're going through the valley we just say thank you Father thank you Jesus thank you Holy Spirit Lord, we just thank You that we're here tonight and You love every one of us equal. And as we've said, You have a plan for every life. And I pray tonight that the words that have been spoken shall go deep within our lives and be able to carry us through. And when the times get difficult, we'll be able to lift our head high and say, my God is with me. 
My God will never forsake me. He will be with me to the end of this matter. And God, you're about to do something good. I just want each one of you right now to just make a prayer of commitment to God and say, God, when I go through trouble, help me to stay with you. Help me, help me to go through it. And God will help you. I pray for everyone even right now that is going through difficulties and troubles right now. And I pray, Lord, that they will be able to embrace them and they'll be able to say of this trouble, God is doing something great in my life. Hallelujah. God, bless your people. Bless your people. Bless your people. Oh, hallelujah. Just while every head is bowed, and every eye is closed. I'm just going to give an opportunity. You may be, this may be the first time you've been in church or you may have been coming for a while. And you may be interested and you may have a desire to become part of the family of God. And if you're in this meeting tonight, and you want to become a part of the family of God, if you want to be a part of God's family and God to be your Father in heaven, He makes it so simple for anybody. And He says this in John 3, 16, we've already heard it this evening. This is how simple it is to become a part of the family of God. And it says this, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that is Jesus, that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. It also says, If we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, thou wilt be saved. And tonight, you may have never done this before. And I'm just going to ask you in a moment to lift your hand and say, pray for me because I want to become a part of the family of God. I want to be a part of what God is doing in the earth and I don't want to be left out. And what we're going to do is I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. And then after, we're going to get everybody to stand. And then we're going to ask you to come out the front. And we're going to pray for you. And we'll give you a Bible. And we'll set you on a, a new journey of your life. And so I'm going to ask right now, while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, is those that are in this meeting, that you want to become a part of the family of God. I'm going to ask if you can just indicate by raising your hand. Amen. I see those hands. I see that hand at the back. You can put them down. Anybody else? Come on, come on. The greatest thing you will ever do is give your heart over to God. You know, when I did it, my heart was pumping like mad. It was just 
And I, I just felt something. And if you're in this meeting right now and you can just feel that pumping and you can, and you know there's something and you've never done it before to raise your hand, raise it now and just indicate. Anybody else? We don't want to miss out on anybody. This is eternal. Anybody, this is eternal. This is eternity. This is eternity. This is eternity. Amen. Amen. Okay, we're all going to stand. And we're going to sing a song. And then I'm going to ask those that have pulled, put their hand up to just come forward and Pastor Dan's going to pray for you and lead you. Okay, thank you. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.